Conflict is an inevitable part of every marriage, but there are times when it seems like you're getting on each other's nerves much more than normal. And it might be a situation um, in which you and your mate are facing spiritual battle. I know for Dina and me, we've had moments where the light bulb comes on. It's like, you know what? I think the enemy of our souls is coming after us right now. This isn't normal. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead our marriage department here at the ministry. And Erin, it is easy for us, even as committed believers, to overlook the spiritual aspects of marriage. Why is that? I think often we don't recognize that that goes on. I always laugh when we are on our way to teach a marriage event. You know, I know where you're, you're going with this. You get up early. You're exhausted already. You're stressed trying to pack everything. You know, if kids are coming or kids staying home, whatever. We it is inevitable that there are opportunities for us to get into conflict, and that's where the enemy loves that. He'd love for us to be shut down when we get to the event and yeah. we're getting ready to teach and on and on. He's so subtle. And I think that's often why we don't recognize it, because he's just whispering. He's sitting on your shoulder whispering, see, look, when he does that, when he gives you that look, he doesn't really care about you. And he never has. He never will. And guess what? When he when he says that one word, it really what he means is, you know, he doesn't really like who you are as a person. Mm. And guess what? We are never going to get through this. And so he keeps, you know, using especially those extreme words of always, never, you know, or you hmm. should, or you should, words of judgment, words that are extreme. And it just is looking at that, you know, we're not adversaries. And when you sit up and you go, wait a minute, what's this voice inside of my head? And it's not mine. It's the enemy. Yeah, He is leading you down those pathways. And we've got um, some great insights on how to determine um, if there's maybe a spiritual attack going on in your relationship. Jim Daly and I spoke with Dr. Tim Mulehoff and his wife, Noreen, and uh, they have some great insights. Let's go ahead and listen. Tim, you've identified five key indicators of spiritual warfare. Uh, What are those? Well, what I did is I read uh, probably 15 books and asked the question, wouldn't it be interesting? Because all the books took a look at signs of the demonic in some way, shape, or form. I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to look at all 15 books and put together a list of things that were mentioned by all 15 lists? And that, that I came up with my power six, okay, that made all of them. Now, there's some really good ones. They just didn't make it. So I put that in an honorable mention list. But here they are. Here are the ones that I identified uh, in no particular order, although I will make uh, an argument from Charles Kraft, who is uh, a former archaeologist taught at Biola University. He would argue that one is the supreme. So the very first one is uncontrolled anger. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what Noreen's talking about. Now, not anger per se. Anger is just part and parcel of life. And there's even righteous anger. There's things that we should be uh, angry about. But this is the kind of anger that consumes you. You can't get away from it. You go to bed angry at this person. You wake up angry at this person. Fuming. Fuming. Right uh, right on the brink. I I don't even trust myself talking to this person on the phone. I'm not sending a text because this would not be a good text. So that kind of anger is simmering anger that's just going to be out of control. And if you just feel that way, there might be a really good reason you're angry like that, right? If your husband's abused you uh, or if somebody cheated you, that anger can be there. Sure. But if, if it's your spouse and, and, and something happened and I just cannot, I mean, I've met people, honestly, I've been mad at my mother for 15 years, 
right? To me, that's the uncontrolled anger that you just can't get away from. Now, if that is happening, all 15 of these books would say, but that, that's a really solid indicator that demonic activity is at play and you're going to have to address it on both the physical level mm -hmm. and the spiritual level. Second on the list, they all mentioned a sense of impending doom. Mm -hmm. So, it, Oh, that's so true. Impending doom will be, this will, will never get past this. Stores are never going to open up. Uh, my university is going to close its doors. I'm going to lose my job. This is going to kill our marriage. Uh, well, we're going to die from this. And you can't let that go. That's a sign that maybe demonic influences are keeping your mind from resting in the peace of God. Uh, another one, violent dreams. Hmm. I couldn't believe that all of them mentioned violent dreams. We've experienced violent dreams, not often. I was asked to be uh, an interim teaching pastor. And while I was thinking about doing it, I, I started to have violent dreams mm -hmm. of people coming up our steps, going into our bedroom, not to rob us, but to kill us. Right. And here's honestly why I wrote the book. So an elder called me and he said, hey, we're just praying about your decision. Anything we can pray about, we know you're a professor. And I, I said, yeah, pray for this, this, and this. And we are almost closing that phone call and I've not mentioned the violent dreams. Hmm. And I don't know why, but I mentioned it to him and he goes, we're calling the church together tonight because you're under demonic attack. Wow. Mm. And so we went, they prayed over us. But that's why I wrote the book. When I presented it to InterVarsity Press publisher, I said, why didn't me, a person who teaches at Biola University, mm -hmm. say to an elder of a church, hey, I kind of think I'm under spiritual attack. It felt weak. It felt unintellectual. And it kept me almost from doing it. Yeah. And I thought that needs to be explored more maybe why a lot of us aren't reaching out for help when it comes to the demonic. Well, it comes back to discernment, what mm -hmm. we mentioned earlier. Is that the five? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. What's so we, the other? No, we got, yeah, yeah. we got three more real quick. No longer believing the best about God. Huh. It, it used to be I believed the best about God. Hey, God, honey, God's going to come through. Don't worry. So that's circumstances dictating your mm -hmm. trust and yeah. faith in him. Bad right. circumstances. Right. And then no longer believing the best about yourself. Like, like I, I, I'm a horrible Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm a terrible Christian. I, I like what one author said, Kurt Thompson, guilt is something I feel because I have done something bad. Shame is something I feel because I am bad. Mm. And I think Satan's in there going, no, you are bad. Shaming you. Shaming right. you. When and, you feel useless and um, yeah. there's no hope, I'm never going to get better, I, yeah. there's no value to my, my existence, those kind of things. Right. Can, I have one more, but can I give a, a great illustration of this? So we're all doing Zoom. It's all Zoom teaching at universities. And I'm sure all your listeners are like, yeah, we're doing it too. And we're all going crazy. When we first started doing it, I'm not a technological person. I'm, not, not. Even, I'm not even looking at my <laughs> wife. Um, and so I had a bad Zoom day. The first day was bad. The technology wasn't good. I walked by a colleague's office. Her door was cracked and she is weeping at her desk, weeping. And I sat down and I said, what? What's going on? She goes, I shredded my uh, credibility. I'm just a terrible teacher. And I looked at her. I said, you are an awesome teacher. You're a great teacher. This is spiritual attack. See what I mean? Yeah. I, I walked away going, well, that was not Mielhoff's best. That was not Mielhoff's best You're all in the same day. boat. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. But she was distraught. Yeah. And I thought, I think that's spiritual battle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then the last one by Charles Kraft. Charles Kraft says the number one way devil gets foothold, nothing's even close. This is Kraft, mm -hmm. lack of forgiveness. 
Oh, yeah. If you have lack that of forgiveness, sense. that opens the door yeah. and you're letting uh, a foothold in. Well, Greg and Aaron, of the five things that Tim and Noreen mentioned, which one of those has seemed like the most ongoing, persistent aspect in your marriage that you've had to work through? Yeah, I I love the list. I think for me, I was thinking about one of the ones they mentioned was a sense of impending doom. (laughs) Really? Tell me more about that. Honey, does this dress make me look fat? I'm not sure we said that, but that's that's what I think. I'm sorry. It's not the dress, it's the fat that makes (laughs) you look fat. Um, That would lead you to impending impending doom. doom. That would be doom. Um, That would be less impending than more reality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They also talked about when you no longer believe the best about your spouse. I think both of those kind of tie together for me in terms of, like Aaron was talking about in the beginning, that I I think one of the most subtle things that the enemy does is he tries to to really convince us that our spouse is this way or that way and that it's never going to improve. So it's it's like he keeps pointing out, see, she didn't do this, she did that. It's always going to be that way. She's never going to change, and thus there's no hope for the marriage. Mm. And, and I know that there's been seasons to where, you know, Aaron and I have been facing whatever challenge that's easy for me to begin to develop negative beliefs about Aaron. See, look, look what she's doing. She's not doing this. It means this or that. I think Satan hops on that. He is wanting to pile on and go, absolutely, I've been trying to tell you this for years. And, and then... That's what I start to then notice about her. Yeah, it becomes so when, kind of a self-fulfilling totally, prophecy. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you share some of the ones that you have right now about me? <laughs> I, well, that's what I was saying in seasons past. Um, no, that that's, I think, how we have to fight for our marriage is fighting against those things. Although I think I know what she meant by that. Although ah, that feels like, you know, deja vu. She said that be- before. Instead of jumping to the conclusion, therefore she is that, nothing will ever change, impending doom, what if I gave Aaron the benefit of the doubt? Mm-hmm. What if I? What if my attitude towards her was, yeah, I think I know what she meant by that, but I could be wrong. Mm, actually, what did you mean by that? Yeah. And, and I think that's a part of how we protect each other. I love the idea that when Aaron and I talk about grace in marriage, we often say it, that grace in marriage is when you see... You know, when I see Aaron for how she's been over 30 years versus for how she's showing up in that moment, it's not excusing poor behavior. All it is is going, you know what, for 30 years, what's true about Aaron? Oh, she's like this. And mm-hmm. that, that's the stuff that God brings Reframe to mind. Reframe the situation. Satan wants yeah. you to see the moment. Look how she's showing up. Look, look, look what she's doing and saying. Mm-hmm. And then for me to go... Oh, yeah, and she's done that before, and yeah, maybe it just then you right. start to go down this this terrible road you 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 start spinning out of control and and and, and we have to to take control there, and the problem is that Satan's voice sometimes is unrecognizable from our own thinking, our own voice in our head. That's well, where... I'm glad you didn't say Satan's voice was as unrecognizable <laughs> from my wife. That would have been really it's awkward. indistinguishable yeah. between yeah. you and him. No, it, it's it's just recognizing that that he is coming after us. I think a lot of the time it's it's in your thinking, and how do we fight that by giving each other the benefit of the doubt, going to the Lord, going, God, what's true about Aaron? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and then deal with okay the issue in the moment, but at least you're not so shut down and in such negative thinking that that just sets us up to to have a much better conversation. Yeah. And so often he wants to lead you down the road that this is never going to change. There's no hope. And I know for me, gosh, 10 years ago, just realizing like even if I say to myself, "You know what? We're going to we're going to figure this out and we're going to reconnect. We're going to be okay." Like that stops it all because then I'm saying something to myself that's filling me with hope that I know we're going to reconnect. And, you know, even thinking back, well, gosh, we have worked out how many conflicts over 30 years? Like five or six, probably. <laughs> yeah. But nobody's keeping Thousand. track yeah. per day. Well, I, I appreciate that <laughs> honesty. And I think, you know, I think for Dina, the, the struggle has been uh, just these negative uh, voices in her head that are that she's not enough, that she's not sufficient. Yeah, I mean, she, more totally. than once she said, "I feel like a terrible wife." Yeah. I feel awful when she says that. It's sort of like I got to mm-hmm. up my game on affirming her and recognizing that no, she needs me to say things, but I also need to recognize, well, maybe the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy her joy right now. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's not me. It's the it's the enemy of our souls. It's so important as well that we battle for ourselves, not just the view of the marriage. That when Dina starts thinking that, I'm guessing, knowing her, she seeks God so she does. frequently yeah. that she is going, okay, God, what's true about me? Is it true that I'm a failure? Is it true that I, you know, I'm not good enough? I mean, it's... Well, but the head and heart are different, aren't they? Yes, but it's going directly to our source of truth and letting him rain down that truth about us, even as individuals. But then what's true about my spouse and then what is true about my marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, think on these things, whatever's true, noble, pure, right. right. Um, we want to help you do that, and certainly a general way to do that is continue listening to these podcasts, uh, get a copy of the book from Dr. Mulehoff, uh, Defending Your Marriage. It is a terrific resource on spiritual battle in your marriage, and we're making that available for a gift of any amount to the ministry. If you can, please uh, sign up and be a sustainer, a monthly pledge uh, makes a lot of difference for us as a ministry. Uh, if you're not in a good spot to do that, a one-time gift of any amount is certainly appreciated. Either way, we'll send the book to you, Defending Your Marriage. Details are in the show notes, and uh, there's also a link to our counseling services. Uh, if you feel like you're under spiritual attack and you don't have a local pastor that you can talk with or a Christian friend, uh, give us a call, and we'll consider it a privilege to help you kind of uh, think that through, and we'll pray with you and uh, provide some resources. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. And when you have a moment, please remember to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. That helps uh, get the word out and helps other people find this great content. On behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the rest of the team, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Podcast.